We're just going to continue in the flow of the Spirit. I'm going to, I don't know if he wants you standing or sitting, but he'll let you know. But I want you right now to welcome my pastor and my great friend, Lonnie and Carolyn Harris. Would you welcome them right now? Come on. You may be seated. How many is glad you're in church and not in a hospital? How many is glad you don't have COVID pneumonia? <laughs> well, God's good. He's better than we've ever thought imaginable. I'm glad he loved me while I was get a sinner. And I'm glad he made plans for my life, and I was far enough to get into the plan of God. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter number 9, verses 1 through 3. Jesus. I'm going to preach on the word, look, or saw. I'm looking at all of y'all, and y'all all looking at me. What do you see? You see an old man, don't you? Just in case you want to know, I'm 75 years old. I feel like dancing. <laughs> you can still dance when you're 75. You can still dance when you're 80. Don't get me dancing here. I feel the Spirit of God. I'm getting ready. As he went along, this is John chapter 9, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Blind. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So your trouble and your sorrows and your difficulties, and you've been thrown a hard punch, you've got a gut punch, everything that's happened to you in your life, Jesus saw it. He sees the blind, he sees the crippled, he sees everything. Nothing is beyond his look and vision. He knows everything. He knew everything about me and you, but yet he still died on Calvary's cross. He saw me. I just want to tell you this morning, raise your hands and praise him that God sees us this morning. We worship him and glorify his name. I won't go to the last of John chapter 9, 36 and 31, 41. Who is this, sir? The man asked. Tell me that I may believe on him. And Jesus said, you have not seen him. In fact, he is one speaking with you. That is extraordinary. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped Jesus and said, 
And Jesus said, For judgment I've come into the, this world, that the blind will see, and those that uh, will see will become blind. Look at your neighbor and say, You need to become blind. Look at your neighbor and say, It's not about you. Is that right? When it's about you, we're all miserable. You bunch of grippy people. You got to become something that you're not in order to see what Jesus is. Wow. So the Pharisees who were with him heard him say and ask, What? Are we blind? Yes, sir, you're blind. You can't even see the love of Jesus. You can't see the Savior. You're blind as a bat. I wouldn't live one day without Jesus. One day. How many's glad you love Jesus right now with all your heart and all your soul? You can do better than that. Give him a mighty hand clap. Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you see, your guilt remains. Shut me down, Jesus, so only I see you and not the world or nothing else. I want to ask you this question. I'm going to give you a proposition. I'm going to pose something to you. We need to look and see what Jesus said. And to act with love and compassion so this world can see the unsearchable riches of Christ. Give me desire. Give me that desire. Church needs to see the world as Jesus sees it. We must perform the signs and wonders and miracles of God. Nothing else matters this morning that you re, that you, but you receive your miracle and the power and the glory so you can be a better person in this world. Leave here with all of God's glory and all of his power and everything you want, leave here with all of God you can get. Ken Holtz tells about what the church world is supposed to be like. He gives several things that I read and impressed me. It, the ministry of the believer. You, you are a minister once you accept Christ as your Savior. You're no longer about yourself. You become about others. He said, you are a miracle waiting to happen. Only by equipping saints to do the work of ministry will the church gather in the harvest. There's sinners on every block in every neighborhood. Somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to care and see what Jesus sees. Secondly, he said availability. 
my availability gives God an opportunity to do a miracle through me. Amen? I'm going to be used of God. And if God uses me, a miracle is going to happen. The third thing he says, the need fulfilled ministry visitors are not visitors. They are miracles as God's as needs. Find a need and fill it and find a hurt and heal it. We live with that motto and terror for many years. Training produces completeness. Completeness produces confidence, and confidence produces success. If you're not, if you don't know who you are, you can't tell anybody else about it. You want to change the world block by block or minute by minute? Be complete in Jesus. I am the righteous of Jesus Christ. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. I am what I am through Jesus Christ. Quit being a little old sissy Christian. You know what a sissy is? Well, that's an old, well, what a coward is and won't do anything. You're just a little pity party. I'm not going to get off on a tangent here. There's a need fulfillment in ministry. Heartfelt needs are met through relationship and love bonds. When's the last time you loved a sinner? When's the last time you ever talked to a sinner? When did you bring a sinner to this house? Discipleship. The goal of every one that cares is to make disciples of all people through Jesus Christ. Vision. Vision produces faith. Faith produces passion. And passion produces commitment. Oh, this is not a show or entertainment. This is a place for our souls to be rescued. It was great music. You got a great pastor, and a great give your pastors a good hand. They're the greatest. He was the greatest youth pastor I ever had. And he got mad when I left him. <laughs> he had to get out on his own, and he's done a great job. That's one of my sons and daughters. I got a bunch of sons and daughters. I'll claim all of y'all. <laughs> well, don't all of you come at my house at the same time. I'll not have enough food for you. <laughs> I want to talk to you about this right here. Jesus saw a man blind from birth. You remember Gary there in uh, Carroll, Texas. I prayed for a blind lady that sat on the front row. She was a doctor's daughter. Her name was Redding. I had prayed for her for four, four months. You know, I'm one of these guys that believes God's going to heal you. I don't care what happens. 
And so one Sunday morning, I walked by her, like you're sitting right here. And she said, Pastor Harris, I see your red tie. I said, she sees my red tie. God can still do it. I said, God can still do it. I like what he said in this. He said, you must do the works, his works. Get busy. John 9 and 4, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him that sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. This is the only day you have to do what you're supposed to do. Tell your loved ones, tell your neighbors, everybody you see, we must do what God calls us to do. We must see what Jesus sees. I was walking out in the fog, and a lady come by, and I said, can I pray for you? God wants to heal you. Where you at, sugar? Hmm? Where is she? Walk down here, would you? When I saw you a while ago, you wasn't walking this good. Is that right? Just, just, to play, just to play the glory of God, walk back and forth here. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. <laughs> How you feeling now? You feel better. You had faith. I just shoved you along the way. Now raise your legs up. I'm healed. No question about it. If God told you you was going to be healed, there's no question today you're going to get stronger and stronger. Step by step, you're going to be stronger in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus saw you. <laughs> Jesus saw me all my life. I went to every revival. I got saved a thousand times. I would want to be saved in every service. And sometimes I didn't really want to. I just do this. And the evangelist say, I see that hand. Oh, God. I just don't want to give it up. Let's do the works of God. How many wants to do the works of God? There's a soul you're going to meet today that needs Jesus. Some 90% of the people has never led a person to Jesus. Do you know today you could do that? If you start leading people to Jesus, you'd like to build another church in this community. John chapter 9 and 5. While I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. As far as I know, Jesus is still here. How many knows that Jesus is still the light, the light's still shining? How many is glad the light's still on? For goodness sake, turn on the light. 
Come here, sir. Get the light turned on. Raise your hands. You're not going to be in bondage any longer. You're going to be free in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for you one more time, and the Holy Spirit's going to hit you. Are you ready? I'll break every darkness off of you in the name of Jesus. Receive the power. Now! Loose him, devil, in the name of Jesus. Turn the light on. Sir? Sir, get up. Uh-oh. I see a smile on your face. <laughs> what happened? You felt that power. I see that weariness and that stuff in your eyes. Before this day's out, you're going to look at the mirror, and you're going to think you're somebody instead of nobody. You want to be a somebody? Yes, sir. You're tired of drugs, alcohol, and all the things you've done all your life? How did I know that? Only God told me. God's going to use you to win many souls to Jesus. Keep the light turned on. That's up to you. You don't have to be bound by sin. He knows all about it. What's your name? Name right there. Come on, hey. Hey. Free in Jesus' name. Loose him, devil. Get your hands off of him. Next time I see you. Glory of God is going to be showed up in your face. Walk away from your darkness. Walk away from your past. You have a future, not a past. John chapter 9, verse 6. He spit on the ground. After saying this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with saliva and put it on this man's eyes. I'll tell you what, if you can do right now at the church, I want to see. If you can spit enough to make a mud ball, I want to see it. That's what I told Andrew. Then he says, now he's got mud on his eyes. He doesn't matter. He's blind anyway. He don't know what's happening. Then he says, go tell him to wash in the pool of Siloam. He's, got, he's blind and mud on his eyes. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. And I read the story to you. He didn't even know who Jesus was after all the healing that happened. And he said, well, let me... Well, let me serve the one to heal my eyes. In this description, there's several facets going on. 
The disciples said, who sinned this man that he was born blind? Who sinned this man that he's born blind? And God said, no, they didn't sin. He's this way that the works of God may be manifest. Your affliction and your pain and your difficulty may be that God wants to do a miracle in your life. Then the uh, parents was afraid they was going to lose their Judaism. And then the Pharisees said, he don't obey the Sabbath and keep it holy. Then I say, he's a king of kings and Lord of lords. He's a great I am and the finisher of our faith. If God wants to do something, nobody's going to stop him from giving you a miracle if he wants to get it done. The second thing I'll tell you. Did you let me put a mud in your eyes today? No. We don't have a pool or salon. That's like going down to the sewer. If you was blind and he told you to go wash in sewer water, would you do it? Depends on how much you want to see. The second thing, he lifted up his eyes and he saw. He looked. The multitude followed him in John 6 and 2. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he performed in the healings of the sick. Everybody was sick. The streets were slaughtered with crippled people and diseased people and leprosy. Everywhere Jesus went, there was no medical doctors. Everybody was sick. Here comes Jesus. They followed him. Thousands followed. In fact, 5,000. Then Jesus said he looked and saw. By bread, he told his disciples, and, and, and when Jesus looked up and saw a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that this may, that these people might eat? We don't have enough money. And we sure don't have the faith you have. He said, go get it. Five body of loaves and two fishes. I'm going to feed 5,000. In fact, there was 10,000. And here's the thing that I've seen in this thing that nobody talks about. They put them out to about 50. Who made all the baskets? You know, he fed them before it got dark. He fed them in one day's time. There was 10,000. And he put groups, and they handed out the baskets, and they handed out. Go with me here. My God can do anything. I said, my God can do anything. There's nothing too hard for God. John 6 and 14, and after the people saw the signs Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this prophet is who's is coming to the world. He is a prophet. He can tell us when we're sick that we're going to be healed. He can tell us the things to come. This God knows everything. 
And so you're so ignorant, you're following the government. You're so ignorant, you're following every doctor that just gets you doped up all the time. You're so... These people had no medicine, no doctors. But they saw something, and Jesus saw them, and he healed them and set the captive free. He's still the healer and the grand physician. One more little thought. He lifted up his eyes and saw. He's a wee little man, Zacchaeus. My daddy was a little man, but he tried to whip everybody in town. He never whipped anybody, he just talked about it. <laughs> When I was in high school, my dad's a little bitty guy, and little bitty guys have the mentality they can beat up everybody. He said to this guy, the guys have cheated him out of the parts. He said, I'm coming over that counter, and I'm whipping you, he said. I said, Daddy, no, you're not. I grabbed him by the back of his pants and said, sit down here. And this guy was apologizing, Mr. Harris, Mr. Harris, don't get mad. I'll give you the parts. I said, you've accomplished your mission. You, can, you got him into giving the part back to you. I said, forget it. But my dad, in a lot of ways, was a great guy. He's just a little man who thought he could whip the whole world. But he never had a fight. He just talked about it. <laughs> a lot of talk goes on. But can I tell you all something? Give it up. Sir, you look at me again. Give it up. You've tried your way, go after God. Your way usually will pay you. So little Zacchaeus ran and climbed up a tree. So he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see. Since Jesus was coming that way. Uh-oh. Jesus is coming this way. How many feels Jesus in this building? Jesus is coming, coming right here. He's already here. They received him gladly. So he said to the Zacchaeus, come down on that tree, I'm coming to your house. I came down out of my tree and come off of my bench. I've been living in Jesus' house for years. How many is glad to be in the house of God and not in the house of sinners and devils? <clears throat> Luke chapter 19 and 7 says, And the people saw this begin to murmur and said, that he's a man that lets sinners in. Thank God every sinner in this building, we let you in. Sinners. Jesus saw the sinner. He saw when you shot that methamphetamine. 
He saw you when you got so drunk you couldn't see. He saw you in your adultery. He saw you in your lying. And he saw you. You didn't think he saw you, but he loved you while you was yet a sinner. There's no reason that anybody should be a sinner because Jesus is looking at you. You think sometimes you do something, let's say you steal a car. You're looking, but Jesus is looking at you in a different way, not in condemnation. He's looking at you because he can save you from your sin. He sees you, you hypocrite. You act like you're a Christian, you're living a devil's life. He knows where you're at. When nobody else likes you and you're a failure, Jesus is looking at you. There's somebody in this building right now today, just a sinner. You know you're a sinner? You're a hypocrite. God wants to set you free of your debauchery and your sin. He sees you. It don't matter if I look at you, but Jesus sees you. Look, don't nobody looking at you. Raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need to get back to Jesus. I want to see your hand. Yes, sir. Who else? Yes, sir. Who else? Can you be big enough to come to this altar right now? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Lord Jesus, sorry. You don't think you may be sorry, but you're not. Jesus died for every sin you've ever committed. Praise God for his name. Say, thank you, Jesus, for changing my life and coming into my heart.